0: Hello and welcome to episode 133 of In The Move Podcast. I'm Callum Reid. I'm Peter Shepherd. Um, and we've just been talking about Pete's way with the women. Um, or not. <laughs> that didn't make it onto the actual recording. Um, no,
1: sadly. I mean, much to Cal's chagrin.
0: Yeah.
2: We're kind of
1: <laughs> we should, well, you want a section about my, my love life?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes we talk about it as well in the break that yeah. we have in the middle. So yes. technically that could be included.
1: The coffee break. One one of these days you're just going to not cut it out and not tell me.
0: Yeah, you'll just hear clanging and... um Tinging. Basically, yeah. Just cans being yeah. opened, ice buckets. <laughs> um, it's all going on. <laughs> Alright, um, this week we've got a vast array of films. <laughs> <laughs> but um, any news of a non-film description this week?
1: Murray meltdown, Australian Open final.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it. Was was it really like bad?
1: Apparently, he's just punching his head a lot. That's not good. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, that was kind of boring. (laughs) Serena winning.
1: I mean, Serena Sharapova is is women's tennis in that shoddy state of affairs. I mean, come
0: on. Mm. (sighs) It's gone about ten years.
1: Well, oh yeah. Back when Serena used to be good.
0: Um, uh, do you want to talk about Chelsea?
1: Um, not really. We're doing fine. Although I do, I do marvel at Jose's ability to just sell players he doesn't want for stupid amounts of money. Like Scherler, 23 million.
0: I don't get why he doesn't want Scherler. I thought he was pretty good.
1: He is good and he does work hard, but I think he wants he he wants Quadrada and if he figures if he can sell Scherler and... Uh, Bertrand for thirty-three million combined, and then he's actually making money and staying with financial fair play. Yeah,
0: but most boring transfer window ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, totally ridiculously poor.
0: Okay, we're gonna stop talking about sport. Mm. On to this week's news, not film news, really, but first port of call: Harper Lee, really, has announced that oh. she that um she's penned a sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, really? Or she did in the 50s. And it's right. now finally seen the light de Good grief! For whatever reason or another. Um, so lots of people excited about this because it's a huge book. Um, one of the best books I've ever read. Mhm. Um, so, have you read To Kill a Mockingbird?
1: We had it at school, yeah.
0: Yeah, me too, yeah. Um, so, th- I mean... She did write it in the 50s. It's not like she just suddenly... Knocked it off. Yeah. So, but it, it's interesting how it's taken this long to be published.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, the cynic in you thinks if it was any good, she wouldn't have had a problem releasing it back then a couple of years later. Yeah. But, Or if she was happy with it, but I don't know.
0: And there's quite... Her sister was her lawyer, and she died a couple of months ago. Right. So... I don't, that people are speculating about that, but kind of exciting news if you're a, a literary fan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um the death of the week: Geraldine McEwan died. Really? Who um, played probably most famous for playing Miss Marple?
1: Yeah. Most recently. Yeah. Um, P- probably.
0: But also in the Magdalene Sisters.
1: Yeah, I mean. She got um, she got some attention back then, uh, and she is absolutely excellent. It's total, total top ten performance. I mean,
0: for me, she, anyway. she's she's the villain, isn't she? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Chilling, chilling. She's uh, she's absolutely fan- she's absolutely fantastic in that film.
0: Better than Barbara Jefford. Oh, oh
1: my <laughs> god, god.
2: Yeah, the Jeff. Mm.
0: Um. Yeah, next bit of news. Well, is it news? Joel Grey of Cabaret Fame has finally announced that he's gay. He's come out.
1: I am Jack's complete lack of surprise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was coming in other, new,
1: in other news, Jimmy Connors is quite good at tennis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that I did think... Jesus, really? Do you need to do that at this point? <laughs> oh
1: dear! But we maybe, don't. Maybe, we haven't really. Maybe. Maybe, um, maybe he just needed to get it off his chest.
0: We haven't really um, talked about this because you are a huge um, detester. Detester of this. <laughs> this performance or the win anyway yeah well um, you
1: know the whole the, yeah I just it's the, the that is the reason I don't love the film I think I think Cabaret is a very good film I think the sexual politics in it are really interesting the only thing I don't like about it are the Joel Grey scenes and without them I probably would give it like have a, it as like a five star classic I just really 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 couldn't get on with it and I appreciate that people say oh that's exactly what those these um, uh, uh, MCs were like yeah. I don't care I don't care yeah
0: <laughs> I thought he was really good, but. Mm, d- well, most,
1: most people do, I mean, and you're allowed to.
0: <laughs> but if you look at that lineup, it's pretty obvious that he's going to win because.
1: Vote splitting. Yeah. Category
0: forward. Yeah.
1: Um, was it three? Was it Duval, Pacino, and. Um...
0: is it C- Cajaz or something? Cavazzo?
1: Cazzo. Cazzo. Um Who was the other one? Was It wasn't all four, was it?
0: No, I think there's a guy from the Heartbreak Kid was nominated, right. Um, right. and I think it's I think it's Michael J, something or other from The Godfather. It's one of the brothers, um... James Carn. Or oh, is it James Kahn? It might Maybe
1: I thought it was Duval.
0: I'm checking now.
1: I thought it I, th- I thought it was Duval, Pacino,
0: and um... it's Khan? Yeah. Duval and Pacino, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Seems so, fair. Well, <laughs> <Duval>, yeah. <laughs> um, right, next bit of news. There is going to be a Ghostbusters sequel. I've heard this. An all-female Ghostbusters sequel. I've heard this. Directed by Paul Feig. I didn't know that.
1: But that, that makes sense now, given the casting.
0: Starring Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy... Thoughts yeah. about this because I haven't seen Ghostbusters, so I don't really you know.
1: I think if you're gonna basically, I don't basically, if they're rebooting, which is what they're doing, and they're not using the same characters as before, and it's not like a sequel in terms of uh, the same characters in, in, uh, later on, then I get why they've gone the all female route because really, I mean, there are the, the <laughs> there's much more women to choose from that are funny at the moment than men. Um, I don't think you'd get four like men who weren't, weren't all just wouldn't all just try and be dominant the whole point of um, Ghostbusters was that you had people like Dan Aykroyd who was really really funny Uh, but they gave Bill Murray all the best lines and they everybody seeds to Murray whereas if you had like Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell and everybody would be trying to top each other whereas I think if it's like this and you've got um, like a bridesmaid situation you can have everyone else being funny around um, Wig but Wig's going to be the reason to see it.
0: Yeah. It seems like with that cast and that director, it could just be an excuse on the studio's part to just sell it as that. And it could just end up being an original ghost comedy Hmm. and not really be that related to Ghostbusters at all.
1: Hmm. Well, I don't... I think they can um, just reboot, just redo it in a different way. I think they can just restart it. I mean... I don't think they have to mention not I don't think they even have to n- n- nod back to it. Mm-hmm. But on, on Talksport, um, Colin um Murray was talking about this and he said that uh like uh, you've got the all female cast but then the Michelin man will stay male and he'll be played by Alan Brazil. I thought that's a bit that's a bit harsh,
0: mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I love how you've actually found out about this through Talksport.
1: Yeah. Well uh, both both outlets that we have on it, at my, in my particular in place of employment, for free radio as well.
0: Oh, there's two it. now.
1: <laughs> well, no, well, no. It talk, well, basically, it used to be Smooth FM throughout the whole factory. Yeah, uh, you but, can list, um,
0: anyone can listen to our compilation to find yeah, out no, how me, much you hated me
1: that. bitching about Smooth FM. It took about six months of my life. the worst six months of my life, <laughs> <laughs> having to go and listen to um, Karen Carpenter singing about goodbye to love every day for six months. Um, (laughs) But there's a separate part of there where I I sometimes go, and uh, the guy in there, who's on his own, he has Talk Sport in there, so it makes a change.
0: Okay. All right, so last bit of news is the Cesar nominations were announced this week. Oh, my
1: God. What Um, what ridiculous one did they come up with this time? Is Kelly Riley nominated again?
0: Well, no, but... uh, You'll see. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go through the best film mm. we have. Um there's a film called Love at First Fight, which is a summer romance. Eastern Boys right, which I yeah. reviewed mm-hmm. with I um openly gay Kevin Spacey. French Kevin Spacey. <laughs> 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 nice to see that nominated. Um there's a film called The Bellier Family, Sal Laurent, the one Yeah. With uh, Benello, Hippocrates, um, which is a comedy drama about a doctor. The Olivia Isaias film Clouds of Sea Maria. Right. And Timbuktu, Two, the film that's nominated for Best Foreign Film.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Best Actress Juliette Benoche in Clouds of Sea Maria.
2: hmm.
0: Catherine Deneuve. Nice. In the film called In the Courtyard. Which is about this guy who quits his rock band mm-hmm. and takes a job caring for a building in Paris and develops a friendship with a recently retired woman.
1: Well, if it was Catherine Deneau, I'd develop a, a friendship with a recently retired woman.
0: <laughs> Sounds a bit like My Old Lady.
1: It really does, does not it?
0: Uh, Marion Cotillard in Two Days, One Night. No, you Emily... De- ha <sighs> <laughs> i love how that's a, not even at the cesars it's that like um yeah whatever <laughs> emily de ken in a film called not my type she's
1: really back isn't she
0: lucas belvo um who's quite big in france
2: mm.
0: adele Hanel. this is really like a who's who of french actresses
2: mm.
0: adele Hanel, um sandrine yeah, yeah, yeah i
2: love
1: her
0: in a film called She Adores, which is a comedy about a woman whose celebrity crush comes knocking at her door needing help.
1: Kipa was in a really, really, really nice uh, little film called Madame of Herself Chambon. I think that might have had um, uh, France on Landon in it.
2: Ooh.
0: Uh,
1: okay. I just want to ask you why you tell me about some other stuff.
0: And Karen Viard is the last nominee Lovely. for The Belier Family, and she plays the mother of a uh, the deaf mother of a kid, and it's about the kid uh, girl gets offered a, a music scholarship and doesn't want to leave her deaf parents alone.
1: Mm. Mm. Well, Chambon is indeed Vincent Landon. It's by uh, Stéphane Steph- Brise, and it, she got nominated for it back in 2008. Excellent. 2009-ish. That was... She's got nominated a lot, actually. <laughs> hmm.
0: Um, best actor, Pierre Nini for Yves Saint Laurent, hmm. the first Saint Laurent film. <laughs> yeah. Romain for The New Girlfriend, which is what? the ozone film where he plays the crossdresser. dresser He's pretty good. Hmm. Gaspar Uliel in the second Saint Laurent.
3: <laughs>
0: Guillaume Canet in a film called Next Time I'll Aim for the Heart, which is about a serial killer. Neil Aristrup in Diplomacy, which was released here, but we snubbed it.
1: This is like total Starfest for them, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Francois Damien, Mm. the Bellier family, and Vincent Lacoste for Hippocrates. Now.
1: Just don't go through all the rest. I don't care. Just tell me whatever ridiculous nomination they've given.
0: In the supplying actress category, do you want to have a guess at who the first American actress nominated for a Cesar in thirty years is?
1: Blake Lively. Um, someone else, awfully equally bad. Um,
0: we actually quite like her. <laughs> um, Sienna
1: Miller. Oh, no. she's not American. Uh, I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: It's Kristen Stewart. Uh for really? the Clouds of C Maria. Yeah. Oh she in that, I didn't know. Yeah. She's really really good. Um, well, so well, that's cool. But that's the thing, like the Oscar's are not gonna nominate Christian Stewart.
1: For anything.
0: Uh, yeah. It's kinda of weird that the French are less snobby in this way.
1: Yes. Yeah, it is strange, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh dear. But it's also it's because it's only because uh It's someone's in something of theirs. That's the only reason it's happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess.
1: Well, it's the only reason it can happen because it's part of their rules that it has to have that it has to be have French funding for it to be eligible which is what I think the Oscars should do. Just just stop the pretense. You're not you're not a global you're not a global organisation that rewards a world cinema. You're not.
0: (laughs) But I don't get how Marion Cotillard could be nominated because she's French Mm. Um, and she's in a Belgian film because it
2: will have
1: some st- Belgian, it will have some French money in it.
0: Yeah, but it's nominated for a foreign film.
1: Yeah, but it will have some French money in it. Okay. I think. I think.
0: Alright. Okay, so on to preconceptions.
1: Right, okay, this week we are doing Tangerines, Inherent Vice, Stations of the Cross, and Big Hero 6.
0: Yeah, uh, preconceptions for tangerines. Even though you didn't see it.
1: Yeah, I just knew it had been nominated. It sounded cute. Is that what I do? Do not remember it sounding cute? Yeah,
2: vaguely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. It's an Estonian foreign language nomination. Um. I knew it was about setting the war about a guy who wants to uh, keep his tangerines. So fair play to the lad. <laughs> preconceptions for in her advice.
2: Um,
1: Paul Thomas Anderson I've never loved a film of his and um, I think I've, I've, ta- I've tapped out of four stars um, with Boogie Nights and Magnolia I think Magnolia is his best film uh, but in more recent years I've been he's, he's gone down a step um, with the likes of uh, uh, Punch Drunk Love that was a three star film for me as was There Will Be Blood which I had a lot of problems with is he's anything since where we've be the master yeah same again same again so he's uh, slipped down a level for me and he hasn't been interesting for about 15 years so
0: oof um I don't think he's made a bad film no neither I, do I um I the lowest I've given one of his films is a B I think he's one of the best American filmmakers there is at the moment and um
1: so massive plus
0: yeah, and Waking Phoenix, I think I wasn't a huge fan back in the day, but recent mm. performances have got me to become a fan. Right. Uh, and mm. I don't know Thomas Pynchon his work at all, or what to expect in that regard. The tr- the poster looks great. Mm.
1: Yeah, I like Waking Phoenix, and um, I did think he was good in the master, so I was expecting a good performance from here.
2: Cool.
1: First station to the cross. I I actually suggested this one to you, didn't I? Yeah. Because um,
0: yeah. it was around near me, but I didn't get around to it. Well, I knew it had won, I think it won runner up at Berlin. Right. So um, that was encouraging. Just means it's German. <laughs> well, true. Um, well, what won Berlin? I can't remember now. Um, was,
1: it that, was it that uh, black coal thin ice? Oh, yes,
0: yes. Which is great. So, mm. well done, Berlin.
1: Bother me for remembering that when you were—you're the one who's seen it. It's on my top ten. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh dear, that's terrible. Um, So I knew it was about Catholicism. We all know my views on the Catholic Church. Religion in general. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, So this—I wouldn't say this was completely up my. This time
1: it's personal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Wait for
1: it. Right,
0: uh, Big Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6. I thought it looked... um, Visually, I thought it looked like Wreck-It Ralph. Mm. Um, Maybe that was just the red. Mm. Um, (laughs) And I didn't know anything about the plot. Um, I just knew it was about a kid and what I thought was some kind of... um, Giant,
2: yeah. I'd, so, I'd...
0: Well, yeah. Um, that reviews were good. I, I wasn't. I was expecting an easy watch.
1: Mm. I uh, I'd seen the teasers. I thought they looked really cute. Um, I don't think I'd seen a full trailer, uh, but I'd seen a couple of different teasers certainly. So I knew the basic, um, the very basic, um, uh, idea that uh, lad has got a, a medical robot that he's a uh, Trying to get to do it, trying to get to be more badass. Um, did uh, and yes, so I, I was really looking forward to this. I am a fan of animated films, especially uh, uh, CG ones, especially American ones. As opposed, I'm more of a CG American as opposed to um, uh, Ghibli or yeah, anime or anything like that. So yeah, I was looking forward to this yeah. Good. So tell me about Tangerines.
0: Uh, well, the oh lovely. The, the lovely and round and um.
1: firm <laughs> Moist
0: They fit in your hand very well.
1: They could just throw at David Ellery back in the day.
0: <laughs> Did they? <laughs> that I is no most idea. random. I know. <laughs> um Yeah, okay, Tangerines, it's set during the war in Georgia in 1990, that's Georgia in Europe, Mm -hmm. Um, close to its border with Chechnya, which I've no idea what Chechnya is, I don't think it exists anymore, does it?
1: Um, I think it kind of exists.
0: Okay. Mm. Sorry, Chechens.
1: Um, Mm.
0: An old guy has stayed back to help another farmer harvest a crop of tangerines, there's no one else around. A shooting occurs outside the guy's home, and he is—he uh, finds two injured men on the ground, um, different areas, and it turns out that they are soldiers on each side of the conflict, okay. one on each side. Um, he takes them in, attempts to nurse them to health, um, despite their obvious grudge against mm. one another.
1: What's well, an interesting if? Um... Forced setter, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you can see, you can see what they're doing there intellectually with that setup. Yeah, yeah. Do they that's... go anywhere interesting with it?
0: Um, mm, mixed. Yeah. Just because it is obvious, and you know, however subtle or nuanced the film sometimes is, which it is, at showing that you know being on the same side, uh, one side of the argument. Prevents you know prevents you from relating to another human being. You yeah, know, it's a bit like from...
1: me. It's a bit like uh, you when you actually liked Beast of the southern
3: wall. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, not quite that severe. <laughs> <laughs> you, you throwing darts at Cavendish's head <laughs> you're like that. while I'm raving. Um... <laughs> what
1: what, what was, that? was that? Was that the one where I actually just turned my head and st- stared at the wall? It was the only way I could stay in the cinema.
0: Yes. Oh god. Yeah, that's um that is the biggest disagreement we ever had. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That oh, god. Yeah, that under under the skin was pretty big as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, no. However subtle or nuanced the film is, you know, it's showing that being on one side of the argument doesn't prevent you from relating to somebody Else, when you are in a neutral situation with them,
3: mm.
0: you know it still feels forced. Yeah, you know. So even though it's like the famous football game, um World War Two.
1: I thought you could say "Escape to Victory." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the uh, like the the Joy and Noel. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Christmas Eve, Christmas Truce, football. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's a neutral situation. Um, and they were fine about it. They didn't need to kill each other because, you know, they felt questions. all right. Mm. So this is like the same thing. So they're both injured. They're both vulnerable. um, But because they're in this neutral situation, they aren't killing each other. But that, it's not... I wouldn't say that that's hugely intellectual. I'd just yeah. say that's common sense. Yeah. Um. But it's... Because obviously when you're on the front... Well, not obviously, because I've never been in, on the front line or anywhere <laughs> close to it. Mm. But it's obvious... It's like a body count situation and it's sort of like the more people are down, the more likely you're going to win the war. Yeah. You know, whereas a um, close net situation, you can think more about and consider more about what... Um, the, per- the personal. The repercussions and the person, yeah. Mm. So it's a lot about that... Um, and the general dialogue is quite good, actually, mm. um, and the acting's very good, especially from the guy who who takes the guys in. He's called Lembit Ulfsack. Mm-hmm. and he he does a good job because he develops an attachment to the soldiers. Um, you can tell because he's isolated. He's um, he's glad to see someone. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he does hold back You know he measures it well Because with what happens Towards the end of the film um, You know emotion is brought into play um, The two guys Are tested mm-hmm. And the other guy upset But it's not Too upset It's not over the top for somebody Who's only, only known these guys You know two weeks Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks We don't know but not that long. Mm -hmm. So I think he does a good job of managing the situation and you can tell that he's managing the situation between the two and then later on dealing with the aftermath of it um, in a sensible way rather than a theatrical way. Um, But some of it's disappointing because when you get to other soldiers being introduced near the end, Mm -hmm. it feels again forced in terms of uniting the men the Mm. two men so it's not you never really get a moment where they're back with their troops and forced to act against the other or thinking do I need to act against the other you know that's never a question in the film Mm. which is a little bit disappointing so I feel like there is more to explore in the film and it's quite slight because it is only 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, but it, it is really well acted and it, it does, it's really watchable. It's um, got
1: enough going for it, even though they don't quite go as far as you'd like.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I was thinking about like, while I was watching it, I was thinking about having to divulge the plot of it to mm. like, to just a general person who wouldn't see this film. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't see a foreign film, you know, like because um, yeah, bit, I do
1: that. I do that.
0: Yeah, because it's it's a bit ridiculous that somebody would risk their life to stay behind for tangerines. Mm. Yeah. When you think about it like that, mm. but then there's never really credit to the film. There's never really a moment in the film where I doubted that these these people would
2: mm.
0: wouldn't stay back for the tangerines. You know, because it's sort of like farmers. a lot about the livelihood um, and if anything the film manages to convey that very well
1: is there a line where he says these tangerines are my children (laughs) you said the dialogue was good
0: (laughs) (laughs) he cradled cradled, my precious stroking stroking
1: (laughs) like a Bond villain stroking a
0: cat Close-up of the juicer, rhythmically... (laughs) Rhythmically pulsing.
1: It's usually me that lowers the tone that much. (laughs) (laughs) Rhythmic pulsing. Rhythmic pulsation, there's the podcast title.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll get a lot of porn hits.
1: (laughs) Yes, don't we
0: always? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I like this film, but I think... um, it's it's probably a little overpraised and maybe shouldn't have been nominated, but yeah. um, it's decent B minus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, so inherent vice,
0: which P is doing the plot of because it's ridiculous.
1: I'm not doing the plot. I'm D the B's doing the plot. <laughs> <laughs> During the psychedelic 60s and 70s, Larry Doc Sportello is surprised by his former girlfriend and her plot for her billionaire boyfriend, his wife, and her boyfriend. And this doesn't actually um, specify who's her boyfriend, that actually means. Uh, a plan for kidnapping gets shaken up by the oddball characters entangled in this groovy kidnapping romp based upon the novel by Thomas Pynchon. Thank you very much, Big Nick Nasty 97.
0: Now, that's, like, a, that's a porn name if ever I heard one.
1: Would you like a longer plot summary written by uh, uh, Mr. Huggo?
0: <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> um, that Now, Mr. Huggo sounds like whacking uh, Phoenix. <laughs>
1: Huggo's <actually>, H- <laughs> Hugo's, Hugo's plot summary is much better and it's actually informing me about this film.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to do research, um... Well, okay. Did you make it to the end? Yes. Thank God. Okay. Right. Because I was doubt. Uh, there's been a lot... Of...
1: Thank you, thank you. <laughs>
0: there's been a lot of walkouts. Um... I,
1: I bet. Well, I, 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 it took me three days to watch this. And it's because the stream was really bad for the first two days. And both times that the stream just messed up, I was just pleased.
0: Oof. Uh, okay. Well, there's so much plot. Yeah, um, and it's sort of like I, Paul Thomas Anderson isn't really that concerned with divulging the plot uh, for long periods. It's a lot about the dialogue, and then suddenly you'll get a narration.
3: Oh God, the narration!
0: And yeah, and this is a this is a huge issue. The narration. I don't think it's it's not. It's at least it's consistent.
1: The content isn't that bad. It's just that when you got it narrated by someone who sounds like they're a fully functional retard, it's just <laughs> the, that's just the oh
0: yeah. It doesn't. It's jarring, and it does. The way it's mixed isn't very well either. No, it's not very good.
1: I think the problem that this film suffers from the most is that it's a film noir, right? Mm-hmm. And what's the first thing you think about when you think of film noir? The big sleep. Yeah, or just in general, in terms of the genre, uh, what what sort of
0: femme fatale?
1: Yeah, femme fatale, or that sort of thing. Uh, tortured, style,
0: tortured man.
1: Yeah, tortured man, and uh, right. the, the, okay. the the appeal of the films. My initial thought was it's always it's always to do with the style. That's the appeal of the films. It's not the actual content. But then I was thinking about it a bit more actually when I was driving earlier um, to teach a lesson, and I was uh, I came to the conclusion that the style is the sort of the icing on the cake, when it comes to the best film noirs or, or in general, what the real point of the best film noirs is not the plot. So you can't really criticise this for not having a coherent pr- plot because the Big Sleep doesn't have a coherent pr- plot because there are literal plot holes in there that don't, that, that where certain characters can't know certain things, and there it's deliberately vague because uh, the content of the original source material couldn't be shown in full because of the Hays Code. Right, and and so, if you try and make sense of the plot of The Big Sleep, you, you, you're kind of hiding to nothing. But that's not the point. That's not why it's a classic. The re and the reason why it's a classic is it's the characters the and the interaction and the interaction between those characters. And it's like that in any great film noir. So, in The Maltese Falcon, it's not you don't actually care, really. What is going on? Why? Uh, why they're in that room to get at the time? It is when Sydney Greenstreet is in a room with Humphrey Bogart. When Peter Laurie turns up, and what when you when you throw him into the mix with those two, what happens when Mary Astor comes in? It's so all the it's all the relationship dynamics between the characters, and that's the biggest problem with reason why this film doesn't work. It's not the plot because solve the plot. I mean, the genre doesn't even you don't even need it, the plot to make sense. But I think the problem here is that he, it's more like a side issue. Okay, yes, fine, the plot doesn't make sense, but the characters aren't compelling, they aren't interesting, and when you put them all together in a room, it just falls flat.
0: Um, it's, so it's a writing problem then, you think, rather than a casting or acting problem?
1: It's a combination of both. Okay. And I think um, Paul Thomas Anderson's sense of humour doesn't help. Because it just creates... A, a dodgy tone, which a, a lot of his a lot of his films are going that way now.
0: I think some of his, I I get it out there. I'm quite I quite like the film in general. Mm. I was interested by it, but mm. I think some of his decisions are quite bad. The voice it's wildly, better, it's wildly undisciplined. Yeah, yeah, which which is of sort of part of a partly charming, I think, but mm. there's certain things where. Some of the simple shot decisions I thought were really bad. Like, close-ups. So many close-ups face, for looking up at people. Yeah, yeah. Like the cameras in the gutter, yeah. that low. And I'm just thinking, how is this giving us anything?
1: Why is, it, what, you're, why is this interesting visually?
0: Yeah. And it's like, they haven't really... This had a 20 million budget. Um, I think the production design's good and the costume design's good. The but a lot of it...
1: The cinematography, when they actually give them space to shoot the scenery, is, is really, really, really good.
0: This is what I'm saying, though. There's no space. It's all interior. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't really get a sense of the setting, um, mm-hmm. like you did with The Big Sleep. It, I just... Yeah. I it, I mean, some of it reminded me of... I can't believe I'm going to say this. Some of it reminded me of Lame Is, some of the shots in this.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Just weird. Um, but... I don't know. It. Just, I think it's sort of like this year's The Counsellor, where I think it's sort of like... Compelling. Doesn't really, be- doesn't really care about the audience and wildly undisciplined, but it's compelling because of that. Mm. Um, I do think it's really funny. I think Josh Brolin's really funny in it.
1: Oh, in the, um, the restaurant.
0: Yeah, just... Every, just. The whole way through. <laughs> the sucking. <laughs> the You know, eating, you know, that really amuse me um, his like exchange with with Phoenix that dynamic really worked for me mm. um, but I think once you get to the peripheral characters um,
1: the women are just vap- vapid, vacuous shells of people
0: well um, his girlfriend I thought it was really great um, the one who has that monologue near the end
1: but when she's naked?
0: Yeah. I thought okay. she was really good.
1: Is she masturbating, then, or has she just got a hand in her crotch? I can't remember.
0: <laughs> I don't know. But she's, like... Because she's supposed to be really high and um, saying all this stuff, which is actually quite traumatic. But it, that's actually uh, Sam Waterston's daughter.
1: I wondered when I saw the name in the, in the credits.
0: Yeah. I thought she was good. But once you get to, like, all these, like, different figures, like, you've got... um. Eric Roberts and um, you know all of the different gang like husbands and gangsters and gangsters' wives and mm. you just think it just doesn't really gel very well and everything seems a bit random.
1: Martin Short.
0: Yeah. That's that's a bit of random casting, isn't it? Mm. God. <laughs> um, mm. What. Did- what do you think about because Del Toro's in it do you think it's how does it compare to something like Fear and Loathing well for him no just in terms of what it's like in general
1: um, I think Fear and Loathing is far more successful in what it's trying to do um, I think um, with Fear and Loathing it's trying to it puts you in the character situations brilliantly even if you don't like stoners and you think they're pathetic <laughs> it's just, it just still puts you in their situations, and you can find it, uh, you can find it amusing or scary or whatever. Um, with this, it's just a bit more. Do
0: you think maybe because the the plot is more? Because and Lolly doesn't really have a plot, like no. what they go to Vegas and not <laughs> nothing much happens. So it's like, but this yeah. they sort of at least try and. Then there's so much plot. Do you think it would be better if it didn't have as much plot? In no, this? I
1: think I don't. I don't.
0: If they concentrated more on the dynamics, then I, th-
1: I think the problem is, or well, one of the problems is that it's just Paul Thomas Anderson and what he's interested in. And so he's interested in drugs and sex. So there's a lot of drugs and sex in there. And he's interest, and then he's got his random, random, random sense of humor. Uh, and so all those things chucking together, that's what is, I think for me, it's more the content that uh, it, it provides um, the, the, the wider interest rather than actually what's going on. I, mean, I, I can kind of take off... It's, it's a film noir, you know. I don't need to follow every single strand of everything at exactly the same time in order to enjoy one. But um, I think if you're... Not uh, that engaged with what's with the uh, people involved. Characters. Then it would help if you were uh, thinking about the plot all the way through, and not in a what the hell's going on, but thinking about oh, I wonder if this is going to happen. Because it never gets to that. You never get to any sort of wonder about uh, or uh, general intrigue about where the plot's going. It's just more you're just waiting for them to like sort of like, try and tie it together, so you can figure out what the hell's going on.
3: Yeah.
0: So and you- it's
1: pretty, it's pretty underwhelming when they do. As well,
0: do you think Phoenix is just kind of going through the motions? Or? Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, I think it's just I never bought it as the character for a second, not for one second of this film. I just thought I was watching Joaquin Phoenix. And then, then the, the, the dear of it was the scene with um, Owen Wilson, where it just felt like they were just messing about. It's if it, this is it's a total vanity project for Anderson. Uh, when you get to scenes like that. And you just think, what? This is just nothing. It's just waffle. It's just there, just to serve.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. It's for him. Mm. Um, I've remembered the scene that I like the, more, the best. Mm. Where Brolin's on the phone and... Um, His wife comes and has a go at him. Well, I like that one as well. But the one where he says she's, she's gone. She's gone. <laughs> Do you remember?
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's like, she, he thinks she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Um, good
1: 4 out of 10 I'm not going to it's I didn't like it I didn't I think it is below average it's got a lot of problems but I'm not going to slag this off and say it's got it's completely without merit it, I just think it's I just don't think messy. it's that
0: good yeah okay I'm going to give it B minus I do think it's very messy but I think it, it could have been so much better with decisions tweaked <laughs> mhm mhm so um, this is the time where I review a religious film it doesn't happen very often so let us savour it oh my god I thought it was
1: going to be the Babadook
0: (laughs) the Babadook the Babadook's not religious (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, Stations of the Cross, which is uh, it's a fascinating film from Germany. Hmm. It's about, well, Stations of the Cross, um, or how to ruin a film in five minutes. Really? Just, it,
1: it, five minutes at the end or five minutes at the beginning? At the end. Oh, right. So it's it's the uh, German remake of Birdman?
0: Yes. Die Stark, man. <laughs> That's the only German I know. It's
1: hard man, I'm sure it is the only German you know. Uh, <laughs> I wish. I think it's what would Birdman be? Folger Mensch? I think it's Folger. Folger, I think, is a bird.
0: Anyway, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is about Maria. It's a fourteen. Uh, she's fourteen-year-old girl. She's part of a fundamentalist Catholic community. In her native Germany,
1: and there's all trying to wonder how to solve a problem like her.
0: <laughs> oh God! If only this was a musical.
1: If she's... only, if only Lloyd Webber was sat on the throne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, she's devoted to Jesus, God, etc. Aren't we all? And has convinced herself that nothing is greater than struggling through life and sacrificing herself for a place in heaven. It's
1: like Judy Greer's career.
0: Catherine Zeta-Jones' best friend. (laughs) Tick. (laughs) No, I think after Jason Reitman, she's condemned herself, hasn't she?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's maybe that's just some saintly self-flagellation. <laughs>
0: oh dear! Um, it's like yeah. it's like the
1: end of the song of Bernadette. We never knew how much pain she was in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're entered on dawn, God chasing waterfalls now. <laughs> God. Um, okay.
1: Heaven is a place on Earth, Melinda
2: Carlisle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We go for a while for this, I think. (laughs) Um, Hard Habit to Break. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Show Me Heaven. Roxette. Is that Roxette? I
0: don't know, is it? God,
1: it's some 80s. Wasn't that
0: that Tom Cruise film? Where he was the racing driver.
1: Days of Thunder.
0: Yeah. Um, right, anyway. Yeah, so the title of the film, Stations of the Cross, it refers to the 14 stations that Jesus assumed on his path to Golgotha. Um, <laughs> You've which... never
1: said the word Golgotha <laughs> in your life before, have you? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I, was so like a... I was waiting for the allegedly. I was waiting for the allegedly
3: that
0: It was like something like scurvy, you know, people caught Golgotha. Uh, No, it's a place, well, at least, well, let's not go there. Mm. Maybe it's a place, maybe it isn't, Um, which is where they crucify Jesus. Um, The film is split into 14 segments, which all feature the girl, uh, Maria, encountering similar things to Jesus, but in a more modern and less severe form. (laughs) Um, So you've got uh, scenes with her meeting a, a boy in the school library, going to confession, at a church meeting, in the car with her mother, that kind of thing.
3: Hmm.
0: And they all have s- some tie-in with the different stations um,
2: right, okay.
0: mentioned. And it bugged the hell out of me. Nah. And not not necessarily in a bad way, because I would say this this is two-thirds of a good film, hmm. but it bugged the hell out of me because the director, who's Dietrich Bruggemann, Controls this to within an inch of its life. It's like megalomaniac direction.
2: Right.
0: um, especially in the first half, and it's to such a degree that it distracted me from what was going on at times. So the first says
1: the man who likes Lars von Trier.
0: Well, hold on, <laughs> hold on, because yeah, okay, von Trier might control the themes, um of the film and the actors, but he doesn't control. I don't think he controls the scenes or the structure of the film as much. Okay. This is, it's about the structure. All first few scenes are so measured that all 10 to 12 minutes in length, the camera does not move at all. It's Hmm. just, it comes, it fades to black, says what the next station is, fades in on a shot. um, And the camera stays there for the entire scene. Um, and it's I was just sat there thinking that these scenes I was just conscious that these scenes are some of them unnecessarily dragged on to fit the needs of the structure
1: yeah the time
0: yeah mm.
1: um, it's like the reason Before Midnight exists it only exists because it was like nine years after the previous one
0: mm. well <laughs> I think it was that calculated <laughs> Come on.
1: I've got such a... Uh, those wide eek grins.
0: <laughs> I like to think that um, Delpy and Hawk just got drunk one night and just thought...
1: <laughs> well, they clearly the did. Movie. I've read the
0: script. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Guy, gave it 7 out of 10.
1: Was it 7 or 8? might have been 8, you know. <laughs> was
0: that? Might have been. It wasn't in your top 10, was it? No. Um... Yeah, so that really bugged the hell out of me because I felt like the structure was coming um, the primary force of the film before the content and yeah. the style and the structure seemed to, to rule the film. But um, what there is of there, is, the thing is in the second half I, I actually paused it yes. one, one hour fifteen mm. he moves the camera And it's... And it's when she's in a church and she's being confirmed. And he pans to follow her in the queue of people who are being confirmed. And that's the only time the camera ever moves in the film. And it was such a shock. I was like, oh my God. I actually tweeted about it.
1: What the hell just happened?
0: (laughs) It was so unexpected. So that distracted me from that scene as well. Mm. But what's interesting, the framing of the scenes is really interesting so he's always got something going on in the foreground and something going on in the background. Or well, I suppose um, it
1: would have to be if if that's what he's doing with it.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a bit like this the Steve McQueen situation. Mm. Steve McQueen's a visual artist and he's so good at um, setting up scenes and how they look. And this is the same. So you're always kind of looking around and I wouldn't say that's distracting. I would say that's just enticing. It's just um, detailed. Yeah, it's just detailed. And... Um, I think in each case, uh, Maria uh, is—you can sense her isolation because there's something going on in the background, and because many of her scenes where she's talking to someone in the foreground is so. Discom- she's so discomforted in them; mm. it does make her feel isolated from people and, in general, and um, because a lot of the backgrounds are quite, um, are quite kind of. Scenery, things like that, landscape. Um, so, and, and the character study is really good. I think um, it's it's very authentic. Uh, because she's a girl, you can believe the the complete devotion, or not devotion, but the. I'm going to say this. I'm I'm saying this without any um, prejudice. I'm saying foolish devotion. In mm. terms of the extent of the devotion that Questionless
1: she has. De- devotion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and the girl, Lea Van Aken, is really, really great. She looks like a young Daniela Hantakova. Oh,
1: God. Finishing.
0: Yeah, very. Um, and the longer it goes, the more she distills about the character and the character situation. She unravels towards the end, and it's really wonderfully pitched. Um, just
1: in case someone thinks that we're talking about some random Slovakian actress from the 60s Daniel Hantakova is actually a tennis player
0: <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I'm just, just assuming just, people Just an more.
1: FYI, I, mean, I, know, I know who she is
0: Yeah, <laughs> da- David Ellery's a referee Just
1: before anyone starts going on um, IMDB How do you spell Hantakova?
0: Antukova.
1: Antukova. oh yeah, the French Daniela Antukova. I had to butcher a name ridiculously.
0: <laughs> um, so I do think the film is a character study and um, it's a discussion of the themes comes across well. For a long time I was thinking that this guy is really actually contemptuous about the Catholic Church. Mm. Which um, you were enjoying. I wouldn't say I was enjoying <laughs> it because I said I didn't agree with the way he was handling it. Mm. So, well, you know, finger yeah. on the pulse to go back to pulses. Mm. Um but I, I appreciated that he was trying to say something, um, and he was probably trying to embody the strictness in style of what he was criticising. Mm. Even though I don't find that personally engaging, mm. um, but towards the end he kind of ruins it by putting in a scene involving the girl's handicapped young brother.
2: Mm.
0: That tries. Is this to-
1: like the um, uh, sorry? Is this like the angel wing scene in *Lilia Forever*?
0: It might be similar to that, Mm. except you kind of adore that and that just knocks the point No, 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 but
1: I mean, that's like, that is a film, that's like the one flaw in the film, but with that, it happens halfway through, and you just go, oh, that's a bit crap. That's
0: just kind of like, yeah, but that's, it's a little more harmless in this situation, in your situation, because that's kind of just a surrealist little Mm. blip. It's, it's not exactly harmful to what the film's trying to say. It's not the
1: point slash last scene of the film. Mm.
0: Mm. And this is like, this isn't the last scene of the film but it's about ten minutes, five minutes before the end.
2: Right.
0: And it's about, it's attempts to blur the boundary between the anti- orthodox Catholic sentiments that it was saying and it was attempting to kind of salvage some kind of balance there. In such a really forced and stupid way, mm-hmm. it seemed like it seemed a really desperate, desperate way to try and make it appeal to people, and make it seem less vicious than it was coming across.
1: The, well, less vicious than you're coming across. <laughs>
0: um, well, see I, I was just see about it. to
1: say, tell me what you really think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this one, best screenplay at Berlin, and if it was. Um, if it was 10 minutes short I might agree. agree with that but I just think that this is there's too much about this that really bugged me and ultimately offended me so C plus but um, ambitious and um, well acted
1: okay right big hero 6 film of the week
0: film of the week Mm.
1: Big Hero 6 takes place in the... I can't believe i have to point this out for you... ...fictional uh, city of uh, San Francisco. Um, <laughs> it's about a young lad whose brother... ...who's a uh, inventor of uh, ro- robotic fighting units... ...whose older brother is at university... ...and uh, one day to get him out of the life of crime... Uh, his brother invites him along to his university to see what uh, to show uh, the lad what they do there. The lad immediately gets offered a scholarship because, well, they've got to streamline the film somehow, and uh, <laughs> and uh, before you know it, he's uh, he's uh, been invited into the fraternity. Uh, he creates as part of his first project uh, a load of microbots, which get destroyed in a fire in which his lecturer and his brother perish. Oh, he's spoiling!
0: After... He's spoiling the it's brother. Like, it's
1: not even like it's not a
0: third <laughs> way <through. laughs> It's about 20, 20 minutes. Yeah.
1: And after said uh, said instant he he dis- he discovers one more microbot which can. Point him on the way to a possible conspiracy, which only the robo- which only the robotic medis- medical uh, help robot that his it's brother it's created like the, um, can the help white, him with. The white
0: Viola Davis, <laughs> a very white Viola yeah. Davis.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the 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 only thing that can help him is his brother's robot.
0: Yes. Um, This is good.
1: Silence! It looks... I can't... I I don't know if I can describe how it looks without swearing. It looks absolutely stunning. I mean, it's... If you could give a cinematography win to something where that is computer-generated, you should. If you uh, give computer-generated... If you give CGI wins uh, no, nominations to animated films it should win because it just looks amazing
0: well they just had the annies i don't know what it's won at the annies actually it didn't win the best film
1: hmm. uh, well i can see why
0: okay so you're obviously mixed on this then or negative
1: i'm not negative i'm not negative at all it's, it's really watchable I, I just think it wants to be a lot of other films uh and Credibles. Uh, I think it wishes it was The Incredibles. It, 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 really, it's um, kick ass meets uh, the Avengers. Uh, which is Oh, quite...
0: come on, it's got nothing to do with kick ass. That's. No, that's harsh. <laughs> the politics is not kick ass.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Take that back. <laughs> no, no, I sure refuse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It won, um, best animated effects in an animated production.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um.
0: Nothing else, by the looks of it. Um, just scrolling down here. <laughs> oh,
1: what well, it's won? Oh, right. Yeah. Um,
0: it affects, it affects basically. Which yeah. looked, I mean, the whole film looked good, I agree with you. Um, I actually thought it was really sweet, um. I think the problem... My main problem with it was how predictable it was.
1: Yeah, it is predictable,
0: yeah. And the villain of the film I knew pretty much 15 minutes in. Mm. Soon, It just felt so obvious. Um, because they'd established a villain straight away. Yeah. And the character of the actual villain isn't very warm. Isn't mm. animated very warmly. Yes. To begin with. And it just felt like that was going to come back. Mm. Although oh, uh, the particulars of that, why, mm. um, what the motives, etc., I thought. Wherefore art thou
1: this film's villain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they got a bit of Chris Nolan at the end, there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it's better than Interstellar.
1: <laughs> it is better than Interstellar, there's no doubt about that one.
0: I mean, because imagine if the. Although, imagine if they dragged Matt Damon back through time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Brought him back.
1: Grief. Um, so, did you, were you laughing out loud at this?
0: Yes. Well, I was watching it on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was laughing out loud when... Um, only at beta... Uh, yeah. Baymax. Beamax, yeah. Because there's certain things I think I really like... Um, The physical comedy Of him being inflatable I think that really works Um, I like the voice work The random times Where he'll go like Oh no (laughs) (laughs) just think that's classic Mm. Um, And I did like the stuff With like the fist pump um, Mm. And just the general The general situations Where he was trying to help In ways that They didn't need help Mm. You know And when um. When he falls over and things keep falling on him and he's like...
1: The, the, um, uh, the losing, losing battery is drunk.
0: Yes, that was good as well. Yeah, that was cool. Mm. Um, Yeah, it has got a bit of an Incredibles vibe, I think. Yeah, um, I think
1: it think really wants to be an in Incredibles, but no. Yeah,
0: it's not going... It's not as creative, though. It's not going for the pop culture references...
1: It's not snappy either. I mean, the thing is with this, the, the humor they go for is kind of like cute and uh, silly. Um, so it's like it's like visual stuff that like takes a while. It's just the, the continuation of it, like with the um, uh, uh, when he's at the police station with the sellotape, which is in the trailer. It's it's the it's the that happening again and again and again that, that makes that makes it funny. The
0: Paddington, it, yeah, I've got a Paddingtonness about it. Yeah, It's exactly. a bit like it's got a bit of a Robot and Frank vibe, though, <laughs> albeit with a kid rather than an old guy. Um, because let's let's face it, this is about a kid. This is about bereavement. Um, yeah, that's the big the big through line of the film is about mm-hmm. this guy a uh, kid having to get through losing his brother, uh, rekindle a thirst for science, and um, I think it's interesting. I don't think it's massively deep but I think it's interesting that he manages to rekindle that through a relationship with a part of science yes. a, sci- you know, a scientific object mm. um, and I do think it handles the grief aspect well and it doesn't shy away from showing death and confronting death in ways that I think animated films can for the sake of keeping the peace mm.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, overall, I thought this is entertaining enough. I mean, I, I came out. I, I wasn't annoyed that I've been. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was average. I think it, I think it was. Um, I think it was. It was fine. But that that's that's it. Never got above fine for me. And I think uh, the only real, real pl- massive plus on it is uh, the way it looks.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's nice to see the small thing. I think it's nice to see Hispanics um, represented. Mm. Heroes and animation, and that the, just the general diversity of it. I think animated films are quite good at being diverse these days, but
2: mm.
0: um, yeah, I think that's kind of a good move my mm. move forward. Mm. B,
2: uh,
1: high three stars, six out of ten.
2: Mm.
0: All right, so we're moving on to Shag Mario Kill, always. So um, so you're going to have to of your two, one of mine.
1: Yeah, of your two, I'd, I, even though I think I'd probably end up thinking that Station of the Cross is the better film, I, I would watch Tangerines right now. Mm-hmm. I would kill Inherent Vice uh, because uh, someone's got to. Uh, and uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd marry Big Hero 6 just because it would be an easy watch.
3: Okay.
0: I would marry Big Hero 6. I agree with you. I'd shag Inherent Vice because... It's the one that I felt I could get more out of on a rewatch, mm-hmm. and And um, I would kill... Stations. Do I want to kill Station of the Cross? It offended
1: you. You said the word offended.
0: I did say the word offended, but in many ways it's richer than tangerines. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think... Uh, you know what? I'm mean, gonna kill Tangerines because I felt less about it, even though I wasn't offended by it. Yeah, it, so there you go. I the, think it's more the people old line get that more. the
1: worst thing that you can say about the film is that it, it didn't do anything for you.
0: Yeah, although it's you know it's it's all right. It's mm. an all right nominee in that way, but it you know yeah mm. kill Tangerines. Okay, the Poot session. Yes. Well, this
1: is <laughs> the, this is the part of the podcast where we get extraordinarily superficial. So, where would Imogen Poots, brunette Imogen Poots from Jimmy All Is By My Side, be this week? Well, Inherent Vice, she hasn't got much competition. I uh, can't think of anyone on the top of my head. Well, to uh,
0: so not Catherine, uh, no. Sam's daughter.
1: No, no. Too, no. Reese? Too blonde. Um, stations, uh, of course, I didn't see. Tangerines, I didn't see. But Big Hero 6, the aunt, is a yes.
0: I know you. I was thinking that if he, <laughs> if she was real, you'd say yes. You can't say yes to it animated.
1: Yes, you can, Jessica Rabbit. You can. Yes, you can, Jessica Rabbit.
0: Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking if this is like, who <laughs> she, would it be? Who would she be? Do you think
1: sort like a Holly Hunter-ish, like a Marissa Tomei, yeah, maybe? Yeah, Milfage. Um, yes, yeah, so, um, uh, the Poots position this week is second, so silver.
0: Well, hold on. Midget. You can't just do that. You've got to... Um, oh, I can. You've got to <laughs> just find it. out who the voice was.
1: Oh, no, well, it's not the voice that I'm judging this on. Well, no,
0: but that's who we've... um
1: Oh, that's who we're putting over. It would be funny if it's someone who would never actually get over poots. Or I who would it's... always get over Yeah, okay, I'll figure wow. that out while you do the Garrick Cage.
0: Okay. The Garrick... I haven't even thought about this. Mm. Um,
1: Lots of beers in voice. Voice.
0: <sighs> well, that was the 70s. Um... I right. I'm starting with tangerines. Well, sadly, Tom Ford didn't make tangerines. So <laughs> there are no stunning no Serbian um, gruff people. There are beards, but there's nothing manly or chiselled enough uh, for my liking. In her advice, Joaquin is being said, dude, because in her he was close. Um, so this is a say do, not mm-hmm. a no. Right. Uh, Josh Brawlin is a sedu because he's a good looking guy and everybody else is not an option. Stations of the Cross oof, they're the only guy and it's a priest and he's not very fit. Nah. Uh, and Big Hero 6 is animated so it's a 1.0 on the gauge for Garrett.
1: Right. I think don't quote me because I'm, I'm just going down the quotes to see if one between him and uh, his art. I think it is actually Maya Rudolph. Oh. Although I'm not
0: sure. Does it not say Aunt Somebody? No. No. It's weird.
1: Yes, it is. It is. It's Maya Rudolph.
0: Okay. <laughs> so Maya Rudolph. Uh, best Wins. Best. best for Poots. The Poots. Gold medal. <laughs> All right, so we have a website. It's been our January was our most popular month ever it? for views on the website. So mm. that's Cal, encouraging.
1: Cal, Cal doesn't tell me these things anymore. I, I, I actually find I tweeted this, it. I actually find out more about this podcast when we're recording it than uh, than any other time. I find out who's who's been invited to come on it <laughs> while it's being recorded.
0: <laughs> yeah. What, what's been nominated, yeah. what, what it, films are next week. It's an
1: information fest for me. That's actually the only reason I do it anymore.
0: <laughs> well, how about next week you do the uh, <laughs> you do the lineup, and you do the next week?
1: Yes. <laughs> you research it, bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we have a website. It's moveforpodcast.com. We're on Twitter at moveforpodcast, Facebook in the moveforpodcast. Ask us any questions if you can be bothered. Um, mm. Next week we have Selma. Have feelings on this? He looks awesome. A yellow woe. Mm-hmm. A yellow
2: woe. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> we also have Eddie No in Eddie Redman's Eddie Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, by he the looks, looks of it. so
1: bad. Yeah, he looks so bad in that. Yeah. Mm. Do you have a jam? Uh,
0: we also, also have... hold on. We no. also have Sean the Sheep movie.
1: Oh god. That should be I fun.
0: That could be fun. Yeah. And we also have the interview with Seth Rogan and James Franco. The infamous the interview. <sighs>
1: Only if I have to.
0: Okay. Uh yes I do have Jam. What is your jam? My jam is Courtney Barnett. Um and the song is called Pedestrian at Best. Okay.
1: My, uh, probably my actual jam, which I won't really admit to, is, uh, Clean Bandit, Real Love. <laughs> but,
0: oh, uh, no.
3: But so, exact, exactly,
1: exactly, I knew, uh, that's, the, of course, the reaction. So, I'm going to go with something far cooler and say, Hosier, Jackie and Wilson.
0: I do like that Hosier, um. Well, this is something I do take, like. Take me to it's church. A church. Take me to the church.
1: <laughs> to, yeah, well, this is the thing. That's the first song on the album. The rest of the album is actually quite bluesy and old school. Um, I, I like Take Me to Church, but I think the rest of the, the next, like, if you listen to like listen to like the first four songs on the album, and you'll see, you'll see how, how different it is. So, um,
0: so it isn't like an absolute suicide fest, or no, really? not
1: at all. No, not at all. It's it's almost a little bit um, like a, a a less a less distorted. Bluesier um, black keys or slash white stripes at times. It's, it's quite old school.
2: Okay. Mm.
0: In the least Will Ferrell of ways.
2: <laughs>